Today, the second of 10 things you can do to overcome under-earning and thrive in the workplace. This is the 7 Figures Podcast, smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. 7 Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union. Do you know your auto loan rate? At Advantage Federal Credit Union, auto loan rates are as low as 2.79%. 7 Figures Podcast, smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. 7 Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union. Do you know your auto loan rate? At Advantage Federal Credit Union, auto loan rates are as low as 2.79%. CFP at RBC Wealth Management, HarmonyFinancialWellness.com. Erica Cummings is with us again. We're going to focus on the second of 10 things that you can do to overcome under-earning and thrive in the workplace. I love this, Erica. Yes, me too. Me too. It really puts the control back into the individual's hands as opposed to kind of waiting for things to change. And that's, you know, we got to be proactive. You're right. You don't, nobody owes you a job. You got to keep yourself employable, I guess you can say, and um, prevent yourself from under-earning. That's right. And, and what's exciting is March is Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. And March 8th is International Women's Day. So this is an exciting month to really be focusing on how women can take control and move themselves through their career and create passageways for them to be more successful and have control over it as opposed to reacting to corporate change or reacting to what's going on yeah. in their environment. And I think that's a big thing. And your topic for today, construct your career agenda and the four mm-hmm. steps in doing so. That's so perfect because you're right. Sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we get comfortable. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with life. Yeah. Especially if you are a working mother and you are just day to day balancing how to allocate so many hours in a day that You may even have really great plans in your head, but it's really, really difficult to implement them because just the day-to-day stuff that you don't plan for hits you when you walk in the door Mm -hmm. and you become very reactionary immediately. And so a lot of the things that are longer term and have a higher impact on your success and your growth tend to get put by the wayside because you're just you're just trying to make it through the day. Yeah. Okay. So when you were putting this together, construct your career agenda, you yes. started with what does that agenda look like? So what does it look like? Basically, an agenda is both a macro and a micro perspective of where you want to be now and way into the future. So you don't necessarily need to have this in the context of your current employer. You don't have to have it in the context of your current position. What we're looking at is the very short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals that you have for your career. And it should include really broad goals. I want to be in X position at some point in time, or it could be more micro or smaller goals. I want to accomplish this project in X period of time. There's some people that struggle with that, though, you know, and yeah. you said it, you know, we're so busy in our lives. Sometimes we fall short or forget to set these defined goals. Are there questions that we could be asking ourselves to help us? Absolutely. And it's really important for women that they focus on compensation and promotions, because that's the two things that we mm. tend to 
be more nervous and more apprehensive to ask for. Yeah. So we've yeah. talked about this in the past that there could be a promotion or they, there could be an employment opportunity out there that has 10 different criteria for you to meet. And as women, we want to meet all 10 and then some. And you have our male counterparts that sometimes will be willing to go in and maybe not have all 10, but know that they can learn as they go. Fake it till you make it, right. Exactly. And so it's really important that we don't underestimate our abilities and Mm -hmm. really focus on uh, why we want this. So some of the questions you should be asking yourself is, you know, why are you joining a particular company? What is the reason you've chosen that company? Have you done enough research on how many women are employed there? What are the advancement opportunities there? Will there be a point where you can't really move forward? Are there caps on compensation? Do you feel as if you're going to get what you want from that particular organization? Did you choose it for strictly compensation? Did you choose it because they had flexible schedules or it was easier on your lifestyle? Was it an opportunity to gain knowledge and experience? So you can have a situation where somebody doesn't necessarily pick the highest paying job, but the opportunity that they did choose is going to open doors in the future, or it's going to allow them to meet and to network with people that will be important to them down the road. So you really want to say, why did I choose this? And I often say to women that are deciding whether or not to leave an organization, for whatever reason, they're not happy to Do the old-fashioned pros and cons list because if you're actively employed, then you don't feel this immediate rush to have to go out and get a job if you were in a position where you lost one, for example. If you are lucky enough to be navigating the ship, you're currently employed, and you're looking for other opportunities, you should have your absolutes, meaning the things that you absolutely will not compromise on and the ones that you're willing to compromise on. And those are the questions you should be asking yourself. Why am I choosing this? Am I choosing this because I want to have more compensation? Is that an absolute? Or is four weeks vacation an absolute? Mm. Or the ability to have a flexible schedule, work from home, be able to leave when I need to for my kids? Or is it that I know that these are the movers and shakers in the industry that I want to be in. So I'm willing to compromise a bit on compensation or on vacation in order to be able to get in front of some of these industry leaders. Now, you know, how would you approach this? Because, you know, sometimes when you hear of a new company or, uh, you know, you talk to somebody who works for a company and they're just gushing about how great it is. It looks Mm -hmm. like the grass is greener on the other side. This is the perfect opportunity for you. But then once you start working there, you really understand what's going on and it's not what it appeared to be at first. You know, you're so excited about this new job that you almost are blind to the realities of it. How do you really do your research? I think, you know, obviously it's a little bit more difficult when you are not in the organization. But if you have a really good idea of what your career agenda looks like, that's going to make you a better question asker. So if you can answer questions like, what do you want? What do you want out of this particular job? What kind of skills do you hope to learn from your position there? What experiences do you hope to have or people that you want to be exposed to? How long do you want to stay with the company? That's your agenda. That agenda allows you to ask better questions during the interview process. Uh, Oh, okay. So when you're in there, as opposed to, you always feel a lot of times, depending on where you are in your position and where you are in your, your career path, that 
the person interviewing you is qualifying you. Yep. You yep. need to, even though it's nervous and it's crazy and, and maybe you really want this job or you really need this job, you should equally be qualifying them. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing it in a way that appears to them as if you're, you're, you feel as if this job may be below you or perhaps you don't really want the job. You're just asking about what your experience is going to be like. And by knowing your own answers to these questions, like what kind of skills do I want to learn, you can frame questions to the interviewer or frame questions to other people that work within the organization. You can ask them, what, what types of skills have you learned or what, what can I expect out of my day? Those types of things that will allow you to make a better decision. So it's more specific rather than do you love your job? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about this in a second. But keep in mind what somebody loves about their job, that is directly tied to their yeah. values and what point. they are motivated by. So they may love their job because They don't have a whole lot of oversight. They're allowed to just kind of work on their own. They're not exposed to a whole lot of management where you may be looking to climb up the management ladder. And the last thing you want is to be put in an office Mm. and not be able to network. So what somebody might think is a great career may not necessarily be a great career for you, depending on what your agenda is. Yeah, that's a great point. So it's really important that you have an idea of what it is you want out of your career both short-term and long-term, because it's going to help you stay in touch with those goals. And more importantly, when times get bumpy, which they always will, nothing about life is linear, you'll be able to motivate yourself by going back to those goals and going back to your agenda. And it'll allow you to take the right professional steps for yourself as opposed to someone else's view of what's important because it may be completely different than yours. It's kind of uh, reinforces what you've said all along. You have to have a plan. And this is like your your career plan as opposed to what you've talked about before with your financial plan. Yes. And this is, again, something that can easily get put aside, like you said earlier. So you can quickly say, I don't have time for this or this sounds great. I'm saying that if you really want something, you have to find the time for yourself. Okay, so now step number two, which kind of resurfaces too when we talk about our success with finances and career. Yes. Number two is don't spend a lot of time comparing yourself to others. And we do this, especially as women, in all aspects of our life. Mm -hmm. Social media is the killer of all that. We each have our own likes, dislikes, preferences, interests, and more importantly, just personal lines that we won't cross. So just to the point of what you were saying about whether or not someone else loves the position or loves the company, why do they love the company? They love the company because they have their own likes, they have their own dislikes, they have their own preferences and interests, and they may not be 100% in line with yours. What is most important in the context of your career is that you are offered the same opportunities as someone else. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have the same path as that other person. Mm. You're going to make choices and you're going to be on a different timeline on a different path than someone else based on those choices. The only time that there's a concern is if you're not being offered something that someone else is being offered. But if you have opportunities that are put in front of you, maybe it's a project that's going to take you away from your family for weeks at a time traveling. 
there are going to be other people that are going to choose that. But you have to decide for yourself, is this the path I want? So it's hard to really compare because you're always comparing apples to oranges if you look at it as two completely different people that have two completely different lives and responsibilities and they have two completely different career agendas. I was listening to an interview. We were talking about it on the the radio show this morning. Kristen Bell, the actress, her husband told Mm -hmm. her, stay in your own lane. And at first she was like, oh, my gosh, why did he just tell me that? He was actually trying to compliment her by telling her that she has this natural ability to be a certain type of character. But she was getting so frustrated and a, a bit jealous and envious when another actress will get a role that she wanted, even though it was a role that she really, her style of acting didn't really fit. It goes back to the, the episode we did before where it's really making sure that you are in tune with your authentic self. Yes, yes. One of the key components to this whole year is that we want women to be finding the success that they want in their careers, but to also be happy and content in those positions. And happy doesn't mean you're going to be happy all the time, but that you feel as if there is a certain amount of fulfillment in the job that you are doing every day. Mm -hmm. And in order to truly feel that, you have to be completely in tune with who you are as an individual and what you want for your future. And then learn how to navigate when things don't necessarily go the way that you want. So, for example, let's say your goal is to get promoted. And in your agenda, your career agenda, that's one of the things that's on your list. And then you are up against another person and that person perhaps gets that promotion and you didn't. Instead of saying or comparing yourself to that person and looking at what is it that that person have has that I don't have. It's more about looking at yourself and saying, did I get in front of the right decision makers? Have I networked Mm -hmm. enough? Mm -hmm. Have I shown people in the organization my skills? Is it that I'm going in front of whoever is making this decision and I'm telling them what I did, but they never actually saw it where the other person that's going in there has had more of a direct link to them? So instead of looking at it, because we do have a really, really big tendency to not necessarily blame the other person, but be jealous, wonder how they got it and what, you know, kind of what network did they have that that we didn't or what what advance did they have that we didn't, as opposed to saying, okay, this happened and I have to figure out where I played a part in it. Because again, we're not talking about a situation where you're not giving an op- you're not giving an opportunity or being given an opportunity that someone else is. We're talking about a situation where you are going in, you want to be promoted, you want to ask for a raise, or you want to have a project. There's something that you have on your agenda, and someone else gets it, yeah. or someone else is able to open up a, a pathway for themselves that you weren't. And, you know, it's funny because it goes back to what our parents told us when we were kids. Life isn't fair, sweetheart. So, exactly. you know, I love this. Don't get caught up in the they syndrome. It sometimes it doesn't look fair. But what can you do? We all will have disappointments throughout our lives in every aspect of our life. We are where nobody can walk around being 100 percent satisfied all the time when we have those setbacks. And again, assuming that those setbacks are not because of something that is fundamentally wrong discriminatory or something that that isn't legal, that we have to take a step back and take ownership. 
So stop blaming others for your situation. You have to step back, reflect, and honestly consider what role you may have played in where you find yourself today. And part of the advantage of having that agenda is that you take responsibility for what's happening in your career. So we're no longer victims. We are responsible for the paths that we're taking. We're responsible for creating the opportunities in front of us. And you're looking at this more strategically than just, I go to work every day. I I have lunch with the same people every single day, or I eat lunch at my desk and I don't meet other people, or I don't volunteer. I don't go to a happy hour to meet the rest of the people I work with. These are all things that allow you to create that web that net around you that exposes not just you, but your work to other people. And perhaps someone is just doing it better. Yeah, it goes back to to, being complacent and comfortable. Yeah, you need to take a step (laughs) back and say, okay, what did I do? And I'm not saying that that there's not going to be times where it just seems so unfair that you've done everything right. But maybe it's the fact that you are not looking at if there's a particular individual in your organization that that is a big decision-making role and you now have to figure out how to put yourself in front of that person in the best possible way, maybe you do have to change the language that you're using because they have their own personality. Mm -hmm. Maybe you do have to figure out how to build the right relationship with them. Maybe the way you're approaching it hasn't worked in the past, so maybe it's time to ask them what they they want from you. And then you'll start to say, okay, these are the things that I'm willing to compromise on and these are the things I'm not. And if the person is saying, you know what, the way you're showing me something, just I don't, I don't get it, that might be a quick fix. Yeah. Or it could be, I really want you to be able to put in 10-hour days. And you're going to say, mm, nope, not, not going to do it. And someone else might be willing to. But if you don't ask the questions and you don't put yourself out there, then, then you're never going to know what the true answer is. And then we find ourselves just blaming people. And then the, the final thing, the, the fourth thing. Is be flexible. Yeah. So we put together this plan and I always go back to things that are relatable. So if we think about diet and exercise and right around this point, any New Year's resolutions are out the window for most of the people. But (laughs) part of what makes diet so difficult is the restrictions on there. And when we think about micro versus macro, if you think about being on a diet and I think most of the listeners will agree, if you wake up in the morning and you make a bad decision about breakfast, most of us don't correct course for lunch and dinner. We just throw it up that that day is going to be bad. And we proceed throughout the day to eat poorly because we set ourselves up for destruction that day. Maybe the next day we wake up and we, we correct course again. But we generally, if we don't have a good plan in place that allows for just bad days that allows for you to not be perfect all the time and that your career path in this case or your diet path or whatever it might be might not be perfectly linear, then we can tend to just give up on the whole entire thing. And so you have to understand that you can't be so attached that you miss out on things that you didn't even know were in front of you. So part of it is to just be really consciously aware and you'll know certain situations where you should be more consciously aware than others. Yeah. And you have to make sure that you are looking for opportunities that may not be what you thought they would be. In other words, maybe in your career agenda, you did not think taking on a more, uh, a, let's say it's a more administrative role 
and you are more of an extrovert and you've been out networking, that you would immediately in your mind, you say, oh, no. But maybe that administrative role is going to put you in front of people that will eventually allow you to expand the original role that you wanted. So you have to be a little bit flexible in, in the way that you get to where you want to be. And the other thing is part of being flexible is not letting your mistakes become complete destructive distractions. Because failure allows us to regroup and decide whether or not we want to move forward again, whether or not we need to change the path, or whether or not this is as good as I want it to be. So I always say that you should not be afraid to fail, and you should be able to own those failures. And we'll talk a lot about that next next episode about perception, the perception that people have of you. But it's really important for you to not get caught up in those failures or not get caught up in, in the mistakes that you make and really look at them as opportunities to better yourself. Okay, perfect. Construct your career agenda. Second of the 10 things that you can do to overcome under earning and thrive in the workplace. Um, I want to mention your workshop because you do have a date for it. Yes, it's April 30th and it is for women, women only. Sorry, guys. And it is all about navigating change and the difference between change and transition. And as women, we tend to throughout our lifetimes have a lot more transitions than men because we are the ones that are having children. We are the ones that tend to live longer. So a lot of us will experience being alone. So how do we navigate through these changes, whether they're by choice or by circumstance, and look at them as opportunities to transition? And what are the three phases of transition? And how can we successfully navigate these changes so that we can come out and land on our feet? Okay, four women open to the public, April Mm -hmm. 30th. So everybody put that in your phone. And then if you want to find out more information about it, you can reach out to Erica, HarmonyFinancialWellness.com. Yes. RBC Wealth Management. Thank you so much again. Absolutely. We'll chat next month. Sounds great. Thanks, Sandy. Next week on the Seven Figures Podcast, if you have yet to get your taxes done, I am raising my hand too. Is it better to use tax prep software or hire? If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Seven Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women. Seven Figures is sponsored by Advantage Federal Credit Union. Do you know your auto loan rate? At Advantage Federal Credit Union, auto loan rates are as low as 2.79%.